The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? Oh, no. That's never good. All right. If you're just here to have a couple beers, then don't be bothered by us. We're just here to have a good time. I'm Jake Mintz. This is Jordan Schusterman. We are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast, a podcast on Sirius XM. And today we are going to talk about the Baltimore Orioles, the brand new rules, and everything else in this wonderful world of baseball. Jordan, we are the only baseball podcast in the world coming to you live from a city that proudly calls itself morons. This is a city of pride, a city of perseverance. And when it comes to baseball, a city of patience. Yes. Okay? Yes. Patience. Is patience. a virtue. And patience, we ask of you, especially those of you who have never heard of us. That's okay. Hopefully we don't ruin your pregame experience. We're very happy to be here. We're excited to talk some ball. We are going to have a special guest, a very special Orioles-related guest, Kevin Brown. The broadcaster for your Baltimore Orioles will be here uh, in the middle of the show. But uh, before we get to all that, I guess we should – let's do it. We're going to start the podcast? We're doing it? We're doing let's it. Let's start it's a happening. podcast. It's happening. Right. Uh, so I think we should probably start with the little uh, ball game we saw yesterday. Woo between your Baltimore Orioles and some of your New York Yankees. Because that's the thing, right? Uh, that's the thing. It's helpful to have the Yankees fans here because yes. when the Yankees play in Baltimore, and I don't mean this as like uh, as shade, it feels like a European soccer environment yes. where the stadium is somewhat split between the home fans and yes. the road fans. And, and I say that as someone with a bird on my on my. I cat. know, but also in there's like kind of that sense of danger, right? You know, and that's, and that's a good thing too. I feel like Yankees-Orioles games, what they've meant has changed a lot over the last five years. Yes. I know that's something that you're kind of fascinated by as an Orioles fan is the way that Yankees fans perceive you, yeah. perceive all of us, right? So there uh, was a <laughs> I, I have this very vivid memory of 2019, 2018, where the Orioles were playing the Yankees, and the Yankees had probably swept them. And a Yankees friend, a friend of mine came up to me and said, you know, Trey Mancini, he's a nice little player. Mm. And that is just the most patronizing thing. <laughs> That someone can say about your bad favorite. Trey Mancini, pretty big guy, too. Yeah, he's not that little. Like, no. he's very the, large. It, yeah, but the, the, the sentiment oh. is what bothered you. Horrible. It was like, right. oh, he's a cute little Look at these team. little guys. They, like, sometimes oh. have losing seasons. I hated it. I hated it. And now we have turned the page in mm. Oriole World where yesterday the mm. manager of the Yankees, the manager of the Yankees was asked, Aaron Boone was asked, when do you think the Orioles will be a contender in the AL East? Like, and he said, mean? if not now, when? <laughs> he said, if not now, Yesterday. when? Yesterday. Like, hello. Like, they just, they just you know, kicked our ass. So, yeah, that, that is a really uh, a fascinating development. I feel like that's something we're going to talk to, to Kevin Brown a little bit about is the Orioles' transition over these last few years. In some ways, it's happened, I think, even faster than you ever could have possibly dreamed, which makes me very happy. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily an, an Orioles fan, but I'm a Jake fan. Thanks. And so, by extension, I want to see Jake happy, and I want to see the Orioles succeed. And this team has been so much fun to watch. In recent years, I, and there's there's a lot of re- like this is the thing. It's not just the, the bad teams. There's a lot of bad teams in, in baseball, bad teams in sports. But it's it's like, is there a reason to turn the TV on and watch them, right? Yeah. And the Orioles, you know, you sometimes like, oh, well, why am I turning this game on? Yeah. Because I'm I'm a sicko. But so uh, let me, now let me there's flip, a lot of reasons. Let me flip it forward to this year. Yeah. I would argue that the Orioles this year have been too fun to watch. Oh. Oh, my goodness. In the early what, that, what does that mean? That means that the bullpen might kind of stink. Uh, <laughs> okay. At least there are injuries in the bullpen between mm. Michael Givens and yeah. Dylan Tate mm-hmm. that have left that group a little mm. thin to start the year. Yeah, and so that bad. has resulted in, what, four bullpen implosions in, in, hey, in the first seven all games? All part of the fun, right? I mean, it's April. We think the season's over. It's great. That's like the best part of this, right? That's but what it, being a baseball fan is. Exactly. But yeah. it, it, it provides a very interesting contrast, right, to last season where the Orioles were Maybe we'll score three runs, right. and the bullpen will throw six scoreless. Right. That is not this team. No. This team has already shown us that they are going to hit yes. more than they did last year, yes. and they are probably, unfortunately, going to pitch a little bit worse than they did last year. But one pitcher who is not going to be worse than last year, Mr. Grayson Rodriguez. Woo! Wow. I mean, that was who we, we, we fortunate we were, we were over at the ballpark a little bit earlier, got to talk to Grayson a little bit. Um, what a guy. First of all, 
What a gentleman. Uh, obviously, we care about him because he's appeared on this podcast. Otherwise, yeah. would not care whatsoever. But the point is, is that <laughs> Orioles pitching. Yeah. Orioles pitching, right? Who am I like, oh, it's his day. No. You know? You haven't had that in quite some time. And now we do. We want to watch this Grayson Rodriguez day. It's so exciting. You're a Mariners fan. Yeah. Sorry. You're yeah. a Mariners fan, but you grew into your Mariners fandom with yes. Felix Day. Yes, 100%. With one out of every five days, you turned on the television yes. and you said, I am going to watch this guy pitch well. Yes. You could pencil that into your mm. schedule. Mm. The Orioles fans have not had anything resembling that. No. I would <laughs> say the only, the only exception is the day after John Means threw the, the no-no. Against the I was like, I got to watch the next one. Finish. I got to watch John Means' next start. Right. You almost had Felix on the Orioles. That was a good time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a special thing that, that fandom can have. And I know it's a bit, even for the best teams in baseball, like the Yankees, who have, you know, multiple awesome pitchers, like, it is still an event. It's an event. Like, that is a big part of, and, and we've talked so much in baseball now about what are starting pitchers, are they devalued the way when they used to be throwing 300, 400, 500 innings, right? But it is still an event when the guy is on the mound and you, are, you feel like not only, oh, he gives us a chance to win, like I'm excited to watch. And I'm going to tell everyone a secret. I don't watch every game. Whoa. I know. Yeah. Whoa. I don't, I don't watch. Boom. I, yeah. Get this guy out of here. Yeah. I don't watch every game for every team. And oh, my God. What? Yeah. Why am I doing me. a podcast with this? This is unbelievable. I like to have a personal life. I watch time. every yeah, I game. All right. Uh, weird. But okay. The yeah. baseball season is long, right? 162 <laughs> games. And if you're going to pick games to zone in on, yeah. it's Those more likely ones. you're going to zone in when your team's good pitcher is pitching. Right. Like, no offense to Asher Wojciechowski, uh, you know, but that's was, not what I was. I wasn't like, all right, I got to sit down and watch this game. No, no. But, hey. That was what was so cool about Grayson. Yeah. Right? His debut. That first inning. We were watching it together over at my house. And that first inning was like, oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's any. Whatever. It's a, it's a rookie in his debut going up against Jacob deGrom. You can imagine that going off the rails pretty quickly. Yes. Right? Like, that is a very. It's a, you're setting him up to be very nervous. Right? And that's fair. That's very human, as talented as he is. And to watch him get the train back on the tracks for those next four innings was so awesome. cool. And not just because you could see how talented he was, but just to figure that out and that kind of composure was gives you so much confidence in him moving forward. And, you know, he lets up two runs in the first inning, and the big issue for him in that start in, in the early going was the slider. He was yanking it across. Mm -hmm. And so he was missing to his glove side with the slider, and when we were in there earlier, I asked him, I said, hey, what was up with your slider in the first inning? And he goes, I was nervous. Yeah. I was nervous. Wow. Like, we sit here in this spot. and <laughs> He's like, same. I yeah, was nervous, like, too. I was nervous for you. But, like, we see these players sometimes as players and not always as people. Like, the dude is making his big league debut after dreaming of that moment going up against Jacob deGrom in his home state. Yeah. In the first inning, he's a little nervous. <laughs> he's going to be a little nervous. You can forgive yeah, him for okay. that. That's okay. Grayson also told us a really great story that we'll share um, about Jim Palmer. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, Grayson gets the call. Hey, you're going to the big leagues. You're starting tomorrow. Uh, and it's going to be against Jacob deGrom. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Know about that guy? Right. He's Heard of him? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's on the Rangers now, by the way. Yeah, what? He's like, oh, you, my God. Can you imagine if Grayson was like, yeah, against the Mets? Against the Mets? What? Okay, right. Didn't see that on the schedule. Okay, so Jacob DeGrom's like, oh, my God, I'm facing Jacob DeGrom. So what's, how do you possibly prepare for that? You don't. So Jim Palmer, this is from Grayson. Jim Palmer goes up to Grayson before his first start, and he says, if you try and pitch against that guy and points to DeGrom, it will not go well. Right? That's my only piece of advice for you, Grayson. Your job is to go out here and to pitch against their lineup and not against Jacob deGrom. Mm -hmm. And Grayson said that's a very, very good piece of advice. Focus on Jonah Heim, he said. You think about Jonah Heim as hard as you possibly can. Don't worry about that guy on the mound throwing 100 every pitch. Not your problem. No, and he did great. And we couldn't be happy for him. And now I believe he's starting on Tuesday against Oakland. A little bit of an easier assignment. Kind of like that for him. Uh, and I think that will be here, right? Yes. Be his home debut, so that will be awesome. And we are very excited about Grayson Rodriguez. I'm curious for you, Jordan, before we flip things forward to talk about the Yankees, um, a team that I think seven or eight people care about. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> what has your experience been of watching the Orioles become good? Yeah. You know, I live and die with the team in a way sure. that you don't. Mm -hmm. And for you, it's just kind of one of 29 other clubs. <laughs> so from the outside, like, I'm biased. Everything I say about the Orioles is biased. Right. For you, what has it been like to see this team evolve? Oh, it's, it's awesome. And not all rebuilds are the same, right? So for my team, it was a lot of trades, obviously, and you know Julio showed up, right? Now, the Orioles, when you are that bad and you have these top picks, like Adley was the start, and we, I was sitting in the, in the room with you when they drafted Adley. You were worried they weren't going to draft Adley, and like at that point, 
it was like, uh-oh, like this is this is the start, but they were so far away. Right. And to, for them to already be that confident last season was so cool and so because it doesn't always have to happen that quickly. There's more years in between. And we'll see what this year ends up being, but I'm just so happy because again, it just gives me more reason to want to watch the Orioles and gives me more to talk about with you, which is important because we do a podcast together. And we so get that's great. Yeah, it is right. how we pay for our rent. Exactly. Um, quickly on Adley. Yes. What was so fascinating about last year is that you don't often in baseball see individual like single players come up and change the trajectory of the season. Yes. I don't know if you noticed, this is not basketball. These no. are not quarterbacks. Not basketball, no. There are, are nine guys baseball. on the field at baseball. the same time. It's baseball. baseball. This baseball is baseball. Baseball Yeah. But Adley did that. I mean, if you look at the the ERA numbers before and after he debuted, if you look at the lineup before and after he debuted, he changed the way that the team was playing. Yeah. And now part of that is because he was a catcher and he's able to yeah. influence the game in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's such an amazing development because all these fans out here have someone that they can genuinely care about. Oh, yeah. Like, Adley, you can invest your, mm. like, fandom love into yeah. a player yeah. and feel good about it, which is not necessarily something the Orioles have had over no. the last couple of years. No. Let's pivot to the Yankees. No. Okay, let's pivot yeah. to the Yankees. Yankees? All right, some yeah. some Yankees fans in there. Okay. We, got a, we got Yankees fans here. I can't All believe right. it. All right. Wow, they showed up. How about so, that? So I want to turn the clock back with the Yankees a little bit to uh, 2017. Oh, okay. The Baby Bombers Yankees, okay? Mm, yes. Uh, a year that many Yankees uh, fans, if you bring it up, they'll say, cheaters, and point in the direction of Houston. And some. I'll say, Gary Sanchez. Oh, mm, that delight. That Yankees, team, <laughs> that Yankees team was fun. Yes. We was. wanted them to do well. I know, because they were, they were like young. They, you know, we hadn't watched them f- dominate for however many years in a row and yeah. started to hate them naturally. It was like, oh, these are like new, cool, young players. Like, right. you got to gotta hand it to them. Like, they're pretty cool and young and fun. Is that going to happen again this year? Oh, interesting. Do you think that you can uh, find yourself as a neutral investing in the New York Yankees? <laughs> Rooting mean, for We talk about the idea of a rootable Yankee. Sure. Right, because if you're not raised a Yankees fan, yes. there's an understandable, and I see some Yankees fans out here, there's an understandable level of distaste that you have as a neutral baseball fan towards sure. the Yankees. Sure. And it's because they win all the time. Right. And I would love to be in their position. Right. But we talk about the idea of a rootable Yankee. So for you, mm-hmm. who on the Yankees right now is someone that you are actively pulling for? Oh, honestly, and I was excited to watch today, and I got pushed back. I mean, Nestor Cortez is an amazing thing. Yeah. I know there's some. Nestor is amazing. <laughs> Former Oriole and Mariner. So <laughs> we, we can own that L together. Uh, but, no, Nestor is, it's like that, that kind of thing. And I would honestly say that, like, personality-wise, there honestly haven't been that many naturally hateable Yankees recently yeah. as I think in past years. And so not to say that they can't get there. But I just feel like yeah. it's not as much of that. But Nestor certainly comes to mind. And, you know, you mentioned the young guys. Like, I mean, Volpe, he's, he's what a delight, right? What a delight. What a delightful it, person. It is so simple with yeah. sports. Mm-hmm. If you have a player on your team who is smiling all the time, that is like Goes 70% of the deal. Goes right? a long way. It's, yeah. a, it's a great reminder that it is a sport, it is a game, it is yeah. fun. Yes. And, you know, will Volpe be smiling when he's 38 yeah. and like on a bad leg? Hopefully. Maybe not. Right. But right now he's having a great time and it's yep. very fun to watch. Jordan, let's pivot quickly before we take a break and bring on the one and only Kevin Brown, yes. Orioles broadcaster. We want to talk about the new rules. Mm, Do rules. the rules rule? Okay. Yes. Do they rule? <laughs> I, we have Ooh. three new rules. Oh, OSC thumbs getting, up. Well, let's, let's go one at a time. Okay, wait. They, thumbs up. The rules can stay. These uh, okay. people say they can stay. All right. Commissioner oh. said, hey, go pull outside Camden Yards for Great. this random game. See how they feel. Let us know. Tell Theo Epstein, and then we'll decide we'll if we proceed them with them. All right. For newbies, three new rules, right? We've got a clock now. Oh, boy. We got the yeah. time matters. Yes, time okay? does matter. Yeah. Two, don't stand over there. Don't you even think about it. Not too many of you. It outside. really stand there, not there. Don't stand over there. Or stand over, just not, yeah, okay. Three, three. them big old bases, oh, as Ben McDonald huge. would say. They're huge. Those <laughs> the bases, bases, man. They're if big. you're going to the game, like, you'll see them pretty fast. You'll be like, those are the bases. Do we have bases. anybody in the crowd? Feel free to speak up. If you speak <laughs> up, we'll give you a free T-shirt. Anybody who dislikes any of the new rules passionately, raise your hand, and we will give you a microphone. We will bring you a T-shirt. Is there any yeah, rule? Well, let me let me preface this yeah. uh, before we. And again, if you if you would like to speak, we have a mic up here, so you can make your way up towards uh, producer Chris. Shouts out producer Chris. We love producer Chris. Um, here's the re- reason I want to preface with this is as as who doesn't like them? Because 
you know, we had some hesitations going into it. Watch the spring training, you see this, you hear about it, you watch in the minor leagues. We were pretty positive going into it. But when we talked about them, when they were announced, everyone was saying, oh my God, April is going to be a mess. Not a mess. April is going to be a total circus. It just hasn't been. We've had so few violations, less than one per game. There's, I mean, of course, there have been some you know, goofy moments where the umpire messes up and the communication is bad. But generally, it's going pretty well. And, and Rob Manfred is not paying us no. to say this. Uh, this is no. a dis- no, full no, no. disclosure. I am just observing and saying that it is, all the people we talk to say it is going pretty well. The players like it. The, everyone's like, okay. So, but we know that people, there are people that do One not like it. One of you hates a new rule. <laughs> yes. We will not make fun of you. We just yes. want to talk. Okay, right, does have, anyone hate a new rule? This gentleman hates a new rule. We have a, 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 what, a participant. Hello. How's it going? What's your name? Andrew. Hello, Andrew. What I'm rule do you lister. hate? I hate the ship rule. You hate hates the ship rule. The ship. All right. Clap he, it up. Clap it up. He hates, yeah, he hates the ship. it. He hates it, guys. He hates it. He hates, he this hates rule. the ship. Right. He wants to stand where he wants. <laughs> All right, why well, do you hate the shift? Why do you hate it? Two reasons. One, I think anything that makes people teams act smarter is better, and okay. the shift does that. Number two, one of the biggest problems in baseball is the three true outcome dead pull hitters who just want to walk, strike out, hit home runs. Yes. And the shift is a reaction to this. Now, like players like Joey Gallo, Ryan Howard, whatever, mm-hmm. will not be disincentivized from you know hitting it, hitting and pulling it all okay. the time. Okay. Very good. Very These reason- are. I gotta say, seems like a smart guy. Good points. And as he mentioned, likes teams being smart. Interesting. I like teams being dumb. I think that's actually more entertaining. Totally but, agree with you. But here's what I'll say to you, Andrew. First of all, is Ryan Howard still playing? That's exciting news if he is back. Uh, second of all, the another part about what we are trying to make baseball look more like, right, is some of the other rules, and I know we're moving away from the shift, but balancing out to get more speed and athleticism yeah. into the game. And so the style of player that I feel like we are hoping to get more of, I do feel like we can still have that and also still have Joey Gallup. But that's a fair point. I, I, I agree that like not making those players adjust or find a way to do it, I, I, I'm receptive to that at the same time. First of all, I think it's too early to really tell how much we're getting more of those batters into the game. That would be one thing I would, yeah. I would think. Let me, let me say this about Gallo specifically. He wasn't changing anyway. <laughs> right? Like, it, it, he had all these years to adjust the way that he was playing, and he wasn't going to do that, and those types of players weren't going to do that. I think what the shift will do is it will alter the way teams develop players up the chain. So I would imagine they'll be, more, they'll be less likely to gallowify a player with the new rules, or I guess un gallowify. Mm. I'm trying to think about what I was thinking about. <laughs> well, I, well, I wanted to comment on, on the part about. Oh, I don't. Why are we restricting got teams being yeah. smart? And to me, it's just like, okay, let's make it a little bit harder and see what they come up with in these parameters. And they're going to, and we will see. It's too early to kind of see that. But one last thing, I, hey, keep on hating them, man. Yeah, hate, hate, hate. Also, go for it. Dumb teams are way better. Like, <laughs> I genuinely mean that. And Manfred had some quotes recently about like the teams being too analytical, and those quotes, I think. They weren't great, but there was a, an element, again, I'm not being paid by Rob Manfred, <laughs> an element of them that I understood, which is like, yeah. if all the teams are going to the 150th degree to be as efficient as possible, we lose something there yeah. if they're all at the same level. Right? I do think it is interesting to have innovation in the game, and I'm not saying we don't have that, but I do like the idea of res- restricting these front offices to what they can do so that the, the, the entertainment level of the of the game is at the best it could possibly be. Does anyone else hate a rule? We'll do. We'll do. Does anyone hate over. bases? Oh, we got. We got someone he that hates. hates a rule. Hate, hate, right. hate. He's got a Yankees hat. Let's find out what rule what do you hate. He hates. What is your name and what do you? No, no, no. We love haters. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see. What What is your name and what rule do you hate? Uh, my name's Connor and I hate the pitch clock. Hates the, the pitch, pitch clock. clock. All right. Good. I, I I did want to have this conversation. Connor, what are you doing tonight? I'm watching the game tonight. You're All watching right. the game tonight. Okay. That is, that is my argument for the pitch clock. <laughs> Here is why. You, Connor, you seem like a big Yankees fan. You are a baseball Ooh. fan, correct? You are in. You are watching no matter what. They could play in clogs and bathing suits <laughs> with an orange, and you would watch the game. Yes. The pitch I'd, clock. I'd tune in more. <laughs> the pitch clock is for everybody else. Yes. Right, the pitch clock is to bring noobs in, people who aren't necessarily invested in the game. Let's let Connor speak. Tell us why. Why do you hate the Why do you hate the pitch clock? One of the best things about baseball is it's always untimed. You can't mm-hmm. play out the clock. You got to just go play every single out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that's I, I listen. I hear that. I would say that like for me, and this is like a sort of adjacent to that. I can certainly relate to 
the feeling, of course, the pace of play is improved for everybody else who is like, baseball's boring. I want to go watch stuff happen. Right, that's is all a reaction to is that not enough stuff was happening yeah. between pitches and between just uh, general events, and so you condense that more stuff is happening at the same amount of time. It's also the same amount of baseball. People being like, I'm getting less baseball, but I am receptive to the concept of in person. When you go to a game, there is something to like. I am experiencing the game, and I can relax, and I can do other things, but also experience just watching everything about being in a game that I I can totally understand, and that. That I do feel like we are maybe missing some, and we'll see how we tweak things. And I think we're all going to adjust to it. I think it is all still for the better, because I think on TV it is <laughs> so much more watchable, and it's not even close. Um, so I totally hear that, and I think we're all still kind of adjusting to that. Uh, but I, again, it's just like hard to argue with how much people like it. So, I know. Anyway. Uh, were you alive in 1954? You look like a young guy. I just <laughs> want to be sure. You were not. So in 1954, the NBA instituted the shot clock. Okay, And I would imagine that at that time, there were a lot of bad takes about, oh, my God, they put in a clock. Basketball is supposed to be timeless when they have the ball, <laughs> right? Like, I would imagine there was an element of that. And then in five years, no one noticed and everyone loved the basketball shot clock. Yeah. I understand what you're talking about, that there is something beautiful about baseball, that it is not beholden to a clock in the way that the other sports are. And as baseball fans, we have a sense of superiority with it. Mm -hmm. Oh, you, you got a clock? Sick clock, yeah. right? But I, I think that baseball will be able to maintain the pace and the energy mm -hmm. with the clock. And so I would say, give it some time. We'll see. Let, let's bring on Kevin yeah, Brown. Let's, well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take quick a quick break. break. And that really just means we give Kevin time to get up. But we'll be right back with Kevin Brown, the voice of your Baltimore Orioles. Hey, everybody, I'm James Hinchcliffe. And I'm Alexander Rossi, and we're the hosts of Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. As two friends who have a collective 18 years of experience driving an IndyCar and one season of experience on Dancing with the Stars, we know what it takes to be successful on and off the track or dance floor. That's why each week we will give you a peek behind the front curtain and tell you what life is really like for professional IndyCar drivers and second place finishers on dancing television shows. Download Off Track with Hinch and Rossi on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Hello, hello. We are back here on Baseball Barbacast, and we are so happy to be joined by one Kevin Brown, voice of your Baltimore Orioles. Clap Kevin it Brown, up everybody. Kevin, Kevin Brown. Brown. Yeah. Kevin okay. Brown. In an hour and a half, this guy's got to go in there and talk about stuff on Masson, and he's what? out here with he us. Does. He does. All right. I am. So, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were doing the game with Ben and Jim. <laughs> that was part of the deal. I'll be here drinking during the game with these people, <laughs> that was the best fans in baseball. Yes, that was part of the deal. I like, found yes, out when show. I was emceeing yesterday, you can manipulate the crowd if you get really excited <laughs> yeah, you get really excited doesn't matter no, what you're saying it. all right that's it okay. no orange carpet here no uh kevin brown your first first year yeah uh doing orioles games i believe it's 2019 is that correct you, you are correct all right 2019 You've done extensive research oh, yes boy. big time 2019 the buzz the vibe of this team a little yep. bit different. It was a little bit different. It's really let's, good. Let's be honest, right? No, it was, it was a huge disappointment we didn't win the World Series. It was. It was. Everyone yep. was stunned. Everyone was stunned. Yep. I want to zoom in to one moment that season, August 11th, 2019. Does anybody know what happened on August 11th, 2019? Anybody? Anybody? I see, again, Orioles fans like, right, you stopped can, watching at that point. You can see our friend Connor Newcomb of Locked On O's. His gears <laughs> are spinning. Connor knows. Connor's thinking about it. Connor maybe thinks about it. Connor, I'll tell you. Kevin, I'll tell you. Kevin, actually, why don't you tell everybody? What happened on August 11th, 2019? Yeah. Game? You were you were calling on radio. I was. And uh, it was an Orioles victory, which it made it very memorable. Yeah. What happened? That, that should game? narrow it down for those of <laughs> you out there. Um, the Orioles were, uh, I believe, uh, plus 450 underdogs on the money line. <laughs> Justin Verlander against Asher Wojciechowski. Does yes. anybody remember the great duel between yes. Justin Verlander, future Hall of Famer, yep. and Asher Wojciechowski, yep. who Wojciechowski. probably will not make the Hall of Fame, but... They're not ruling time. it out yet. Still time. Hashtag Wolf um, Bums. That's him. Yes. Yeah, the Orioles had the lead. They sure did. Blew the lead in sure did. hilarious fashion in the ninth inning. And then Rio Ruiz yes. hit a walk-off home run yes. off Roberto Osuna. Yes. And Rio Ruiz, that was a game the day after they had lost 23-2. to They did. Stevie <laughs> Wilkerson pitched, which you knew was always a good thing when Stevie pitched, which happened like once a week, I think, in 2019. <laughs> and and so, uh, Jordan Alvarez hit... I think uh, somewhere between three and 16 home runs <laughs> off Stevie so, Wilkerson. Yeah. So that day, I think about that day a decent amount, to be honest with you, right? That's, I'm a little worried that you say that. <laughs> I know. 
Because it was this bright light in a very dark era of Orioles baseball. It was a genuinely cool thing. I was listening to you live on the radio. It was the day after my dad's birthday. I'll never forget where I was driving. Things have changed since then. And I'm curious for you, as someone who did not grow up here, yeah. who has uh, taken in Orioles world now for over the last four or five years, four years, how have things been different now than they were then? I know that's a very big question, but when you look back on <laughs> that day, what you, what you said the <laughs> yeah. first walk-off you had called, yeah. how do you reconcile that day with what we're seeing here? Um, I mean, I, I was looking at the ninth inning of that game because you guys did tease that we were going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And the, the participants in the ninth inning, Jace Peterson doubled. He sure did. Chance Cisco was hit by a pitch. He should, what a hero. And then Chris Davis had a sacrifice fly. Whoa, very play? Very productive. A he sacrifice strike. Why, why Jace Peterson tagged up on like a very close play at the plate when they needed to score the run behind him anyway, I still don't know. It was a really gutsy <laughs> it move. It was almost an all-time no final out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he did score. And then Rio Ruiz. And like, those are lovely guys. I enjoy being around them and covering them. But when you think about... Like, those guys were, were regulars. And now, like, Kyle Stowers and Taryn Vavra and, like, interesting young players are having a hard time getting into the lineup. Yeah. That was only four years ago. Mm -hmm. And how does that energy impact you on a personal level? Like, I'm curious, do you find yourself more eager to go to work when you are around? <laughs> no, I love, I love it when teams lose 108 games. I, <laughs> I thrive in misery. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Like, are, are you guys having more fun this year than 2019? Yeah. It's, <laughs> right. Um, I did seven years of minor league baseball, and for six in uh, Syracuse, the team was horrible. And for one year, they were great. It was like, oh, is the job different? Yeah. <laughs> it's way different. It's way better. It's way more fun. I mean, like, as a broadcaster, we live for, for moments. There's a lot more that we do beyond just the moments. But right. you kind of get judged on the big moments. Yeah. And the Rio Ruiz thing was special because it was one of the few moments of that year. Mm -hmm. And then last year was like moment exactly. every night. That's what I was going to say. Know? So last year, then suddenly it's yeah. like, oh, we're getting and these 10-game win streak. And then there's like a moment in all these walk-offs and all these different heroes. And then it's like, well, I'm glad I did that Ruiz walk-off. I have no idea what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Is there one moment, one call from last year that stands out that you're really proud of? Mm. Where if you, you know, you've maybe gone back and listened to a particular call or oh, a moment. Man. Is there anything that stands out? <laughs> Kevin's watching. You're listening to um, grinding tape. No, Mioli, yeah, I what do you think? That one. That was good. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, wow. I I don't know. It was probably something from the ten game win streak. Yeah. You know, it was probably the game against the Angels. The, was anybody heard the that game the, the Trey Mancini walk off against the Angels? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where they were down two outs in the ninth, nobody on. Rugnet Odor, Orioles hero, yes. waiting for the statue still. Retire it's the coming. number now. <laughs> Yankees fans and O's yes. fans can agree. That's like the Arnold Carl Weathers meme from Predator, right? <laughs> it's like Rugnet Odor is in the middle. Uh, he had a two-strike hit with two outs. And then I think it was Adley and then or it was like Cedric and then Adley. Or maybe it was Adley pinch hitting and then Cedric. Yeah. And then it was four straight, two-strike, two-out hits. And... If you go back and watch the Trey, um, the Trey walk-off, uh, there's a there's a real strong voice crack in the middle of that. I'm like, <laughs> Orioles have won it. Which, so. But I'm glad you mentioned that because one of my favorite things about Kevin, my friend Kevin here, is it's not just we talk about broadcasters. What makes a broadcaster great? The enthusiasm. It's it's almost the wonder. It's almost like yeah. I can't believe I yeah. just saw that. Yeah. And that's what I feel like translates. And I mean, the Rio Ruiz homer, really, it's, yeah. it's going to be tough to top that forever. Right. But there were moments in Orioles season last year, even when you kind of realize, like, wow, they don't suck anymore. Yeah. Where it was like, what? They did it again. They just won another yeah. game. Yeah. The, tr the, the train went to The other call that's memorable to me was the Adley triple. Oh, because, and this is yeah. like maybe a little literally inside baseball. <laughs> but again, broadcaster, like, you do think about the moments. And so. Adley comes up, like anybody in, in my shoes would be thinking, what's it going to sound like when Adley gets his first hit? How do you do it? And then he had a, uh, I think he struck out, maybe he popped out, walked. And then he comes up, he gets the ball in the right field corner to hit. Brett Phillips 
former Oriole great, bobbles the ball, and Adley gets to third. And in my head, I'm like, I think that's a double and an E9. Oh. But if I miss call oh, this, I love this. I'm going to be <laughs> ruining this first hit of his life on highlight risk. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so I said his first hit, and then I had like a brief pause, and I go, an extra base hit. And I was like, I'm covering the base. <laughs> and then I, oh, man. I said, welcome to the what show, a pro. kid. What Laid a pro. That's Kevin Brown, everybody. Laid out. That's Kevin Brown. And then I think what I said was like, we'll see how it scored. But I was like, <laughs> I'm giving myself enough time to to allow for this to be a double E9 or a triple. I still think it should have been a double E9, but a triple's way cooler. Oh, we get, Especially for a catcher. Yeah. you got to give him the triple. We get tweets sometimes. It's like, Jake Jordan, you guys got to do these broadcasts. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so no, it's not that hard. It's, hard. No, this is like the seriously. reverse Ron Washington conversation. <laughs> Sorry, it's not that hard. No, I'm telling you. Please, dude, no. Ha enjoy, Kevin. For that moment, <laughs> yeah. did you feel a sense of responsibility for yeah. that? Where, like, yeah. in 20 years, ideally, like, that's being played in upstate New York in a museum, mm -hmm. right? Uh, did you carry yes. that with you? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I think uh, I think early in my career I would have told you no, but that like that would be a lot. You you have to think about that stuff, mm -hmm. right? We want to have a good broadcast. Like, I want to have a good conversation with Ben and Jim, and I want to tell stories, and I want to get in and out of breaks and all that stuff. But, like, you guys are not, like, going to Orioles res uh, highlight reels and, like, let's watch the fourth inning and see how they weaved in and out of a break, <laughs> right? It's like, what Man, was the he... call on the Adley triple? And so, so true. Yeah, I think if we're not thinking yeah. about that, right. we're, we're kidding ourselves. Uh, you just mentioned Jim, Jim Palmer, yes. you, you, you work with. Uh, we were thinking about just broadcast, you know, color commentators, whatever whatever term you want to call them. And Jim Palmer is maybe the best active uh, broadcaster who, uh, in terms of playing career, right? Hall of Famer, of course, so Orioles legend. One of yeah. only two Hall of Famers yes. who regularly calls games. Barry Larkin in Cincinnati is the other one. Yeah. But Jim does road With games. John Smoltz does do John TV. Smoltz. I've heard some people tweet about it. But the point is, is that he's, but team, team specific. No more Dennis Eckersley, right? We got Barry Larkin, and we got Jim Palmer. Yep. You work with Jim Palmer all the time now. First of all, that's got to be pretty cool. <laughs> can, we, can, can we get, like, just a quick round of applause for Jim Palmer being the greatest? <laughs> can Jim we? Palmer. Who, like, who's been with the Orioles for 60 years yeah, now? Because it's the most simple place to start is he doesn't need to do this. No. <laughs> no he <laughs> he can do, do this. anything. He can do anything. And he has. He can, He's done everything. They're, I'd be on a beach. Yeah. He, right. And he could be, there are plenty of former players in Jim Palmer's position. All they would do is show up for BP, walk around, say, I'm Jim Palmer, right. and then leave, right? <laughs> but he's going and calling games, some of which suck, right? Yeah. And so what is, describe the experience of working with him and why you clearly can appreciate it more than anybody. Um, so everything you're saying is true. Like He could just show up and, and just Nailed do it. the game yep. on, on Jim Palmer. On autopilot, yep. So Jim, and I think that, like for those of you who watch us regularly will know, Jim does an incredible amount of research. Jim reads everything. Jim reads the Times. He reads the Post. He reads the Globe. He reads the other Post. He reads the other Times. He'll, he'll bring up stuff in the middle of games and be like, well, you know, as you you know, you saw Dan Shaughnessy's piece in the Globe on, you know, the Red Sox Rays game. I'm like, no, I didn't read that. We're playing the Brewers. Like, how do you know that? But he he reads everything. He's on Stats Pass, which yeah. is what he's on Baseball yeah. Savant. He's yeah. on Baseball Reference. Oh man! I mean, he has the greatest memory of anybody I've ever met. Oh. You can pull out a game, uh, Jim, on this date, 37 years ago or whatever. You know, 48 years ago, you faced Jim Rice. Yeah, Jim was one for four, you know, <laughs> high fastball for base hit through the right side. Like, you look it up, everything is right. Now, everything is right. This is probably a question that we should ask him, but I'm curious, like, we... we well, he's right here, Jim. Oh, oh, really? What <laughs> trap, a trap door, We're not Palmer. that good. We are not that good. Why does he still do it? He, we talk about he does not need to do this, but why do you think Jim is doing 81 games a year? <laughs> I mean, he is still great at it. Yeah. Right. Um... I think it's hard to, to get it out of your blood when you love the game this much and when you are still at the top of your game. Like, I, I didn't work with Jim 20 years ago, obviously, because I was 10 <laughs> or 13. But, um, but I'm sure he was, like, as sharp mentally then yeah. as he is now, even in his, his 70s. He still has an incredible mental acuity. He still 
remembers all these details. And, like, I think when you're that good at something and you're, when you're that ingrained in it, I don't know. It's probably hard to, to walk away. And, like, why why would he and why wouldn't everybody here want Jim Palmer to be a part of this? As long as Jim totally. wants to keep doing it, he, he should be able to keep doing it. But to that point, too, it's not just, okay, why is he doing it? Okay, he still loves the game. You know, there are other broadcasters that love the game, too, but they will tell you why their game was better and right. why, whatever. And Jim is, he clearly appreciates what baseball is yeah. now in just as much as he did when yeah. in the 70s. So. I mean, he, he, like everybody who would have played in that era, I think he liked some things about the game of back course, then. And that's more. fine. Like, you can't be surprised when the people that played at a different time think that. But he, like, that's normal. He and, and Ben McDonald, too. And obviously, yeah. Ben played in a, a, a different era, but like sure. going to spin rates and RPMs yep. and, you know, hey, this guy's having a bad luck year because of the expected batting ends. Like, they really do dig in a little bit to the numbers and they do care about the modern game and that's why i love those two guys let's ask uh let's pivot to the current orioles team yeah when you are broadcasting for a team and you want to do more rio ruiz talk though i'm i am i am here for you. i am tempted yeah. we can talk about his kbo season yeah. or I nathan really ruiz excited. of the baltimore sun no relation are you related to rio no <laughs> not, no, not related no. to rio all or, right no. not related to rio <laughs> ruiz no. um this current batch of players i'm curious who you have connected with personally. Because there are 26 yeah. guys in that clubhouse, and some of them you just wave and say hi, and some of them you don't even do that. And then there are yeah. probably some that you actually That's are friends guy. with. Who are those yeah. people for you? Uh, I have to start with John Means, because last year he was like a regular part of our broadcast <laughs> crew. Like yes. Every series, there's John Means is up in the third inning to talk about whatever. Yep. Um, John is 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 like genuinely wonderful. He was, I think, going to come on the other day, but Grayson started. So I, I'm sure John will be back on soon. Um, but he is always welcome in the booth and a wonderful guy. Tyler Wells is hmm. is the next name, I would say. Tyler is... Really thoughtful, mature guy. Um, like, will always stop and talk. I get worried sometimes. Like, Tyler, don't you have to go warm up, pitch, because he'll just talk your ear off for 20 minutes. Um, those are the first two that would jump out. Like, this is a very likable group of guys, okay. thankfully. And and some of the new players here, Kyle Gibson, Cole Irvin, Adam Frazier, James McCann, like, all seem like awesome human beings. Now, who sucks? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Adley Rutschman, terrible guy. Just yeah, Adley's, he's faking it Adley's really well. absolute sweetheart. That, that is a lie. That would be a great, yeah. what a reveal. Adley yeah. Rutschman. Yeah. Wow. Not Captain America. <laughs> wow. The hit yeah. piece. The red Sometimes skull. he's grumpy. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm going to see if I can convince Adley <laughs> to do a video where we rank all of the MCU uh, films. Because Adley is a huge, huge Marvel head, as he, am I. He seems like kind of a dork, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Because he's also so good yeah. at sports. Like the lo- <laughs> the the first like long conversation we had was I think f- fifteen minutes on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which we both agreed not that good. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Adley Rutschman doesn't think that, that that's that good. Yeah, uh, Kevin Brown, this has been an absolute delight. Uh, guys, give it up for Kevin Brown. Thank you so give much. Give it up for these guys. Get, Jake thank and you, Jordan. Kevin. Kevin, before we let you go, we have yeah. a, a T-shirt to present. We'll do this like it's free agency. So let's now, be Kevin. clear. Be clear. This is yeah. this is an audio broadcast. I know, I know. Right? But we are. So we no enough, enough, people right We have here. enough cameras okay. here. We have enough cameras here. We pretend here. like we just signed you. It's like a free agency. What's the deal? Yeah, here. You don't have to put it on, but we're just, oh, what's the deal? Well, we'll, we'll, that's, uh, we'll let that leak to the press later. Thank you. It's my honor to be the first captain in the history of <laughs> no. the, what is the name of this show? Baseball <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Broadcast. Kevin Brown. <laughs> Kevin Brown, everybody. Thank you. Thank We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the last chunk of our show. Which Kevin, includes you, games. Yes. I leave before the games? You can stay for Okay, we are back. Welcome back to Baseball Barbacast live here outside Section 771. Thank you guys, Section 771, for hosting us. My goodness. Really appreciate that. Thank you guys all for coming out. Uh, all right, so the last chunk of our show here, we know it's, we know it's cold. We know we all want to go over the ball game. So we, we came up with something a little, a little different. Now, shouts out uh, to our, <laughs> our lovely producer and uh, just the best, Brady Gardner, who's you know helping Beautiful. us out here. He helped us out with a special box here, and we came up with a little game. Can I explain it? Because I Please. came up with it in the he shower. Did, he did come up with it in the shower. That's where most uh, it, things Jake came up with. It's up. really stupid, okay? I just want to warn everybody. Mm-hmm. So the way this game works, it involves audience participation. This side has names of players. This side has dumb descriptors. 
We will give you the box. You will say, is, I'm going to do an example, is Adley Rushman a better baseball player than Babe Ruth? Jordan, is Adley Rushman a better baseball player? Easiest yes of my okay. life. Great. <laughs> All right, so we have a bunch of them. Some of them might not have to do with baseball. The range of players, we you know, we, we tilted it mostly Orioles, but we have a lot of random players in there. And if you come up and you tell us what's in there, we will give you a free t-shirt. Yes, so allow a us free t-shirt. Allow us to banter on these random uh, uh, you know setups. Right. Okay. First up, my uh, friend from high school, Ethan. Clap it up, yeah. Ethan. Ethan, all right. Atta boy. Okay, Ethan. we get we get we need a mic. Give him a mic. Is Jordan Schusterman secretly part robot, or at least playing with a metal plate in his ankle? <laughs> am I? Well, so I'm glad I'm, I'm apparently a baseball player. That's good. So am I secretly part robot and or playing, playing podcasting <laughs> with a secret uh, metal rod in my ankle? May or may not be a Carlos Correa reference. Are you? you only you can say. The answer is no. But uh, again, hopefully, fortunately, a good thing about podcasting there's not a lot of like you don't have to get clear a medical. They don't no. care. It's like you're fine. You don't have to. Nothing's gonna get held up on that end. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, thank you, Ethan. That's thank you, one. Ethan. Thank All you. All right. Ethan. Who's, who's next? Who's next? All right. Here we go. I did not go to high school with this person. <laughs> the record. All right. What do we got? Is Jackson Holiday? Is Jackson Holiday actually Banksy? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> is Jackson Holiday okay. actually Banksy? So can I, can I start on this? Please. I'm gonna go with a definitive no. Uh, the timeline does not match up here. When did Exit Through the Gift Shop come out? I watched it in high school, so that would have been like 2012. Jackson Holiday would have been just a twinkle in his in his parents' eye at you know at that point. So I'm gonna go with no, unless a, a he's a, not eight. Okay, but that, seven that, yes, year old Jackson yes, Holiday yes. like scaling buildings no, in England. To me, it's as simple as there's no way he could have kind of developed to the degree that he has been oh. and also be Banksy. There's just no chance, right? Now, what I'm most interested in about this question is, has Jackson Holiday heard of Banksy? Absolutely not. I mean... Absolutely I, no way. This seems like something for some of the uh, Orioles media over there to go yeah. find out. What so, percentage of Orioles, current Orioles players have heard of Banksy? Oh, I would say about time. half. About half. Definitely John Means. All right, <laughs> let's go to the next one. Next up, who we got? Is Adley Rutschman the kind of player who would have dominated if he traveled back in time 50 years or would he be worse off? Oh, oh. okay. So this is an interesting one. Uh, I would say, say, say it back. okay, is Adley Rutschman the kind of player that would go back in time and dominate 50 years ago or would he struggle? So I, I will say <laughs> no one in that stadium would go back 50 years and, and struggle. Yes, I agree with that. However, I will say what would be most interesting there is they'd probably have Adley catching 162 games, which <laughs> would be awesome, but very tiring for Adley and would maybe would maybe impact his offense at some point. Dude would hit 107 home runs. <laughs> right, doesn't matter. We should just he would just be DHing and be awesome. All right, who's next? Is Jalen Beeks? Jalen Beeks. Oh boy, going to an All Star within the next three years. Okay, wow. okay. love this question. Can you explain who Jalen Beeks is? Okay. Oh boy! I Jaylen barely Beeks, know who that is. Jalen Beeks, I believe, came up with the Red Sox. Now I know he's on the Rays, which is an important part of this question. So, All Star in the next three years. If you are a pitcher on the Rays, anything is possible. I will. I think he's hurt right now, which makes me think this year might not happen. But any, you could say this about most relievers. I would say what hurts him is that the Rays are always good. Yeah. It, it, because, like, a great way to make it to the All-Star team is reliever on a bad team. Great, great way, right? Shouts out to Joe Mantiply. Love that guy. What a hero. But, like, that's a good way to get on the All-Star team. If you, The Rays already usually have a couple others. I just But I honestly, man, like, now I'm super locked in on Jalen Beeks. Is it B-E-E-K-S or B-E-A-K-S? <laughs> Two E's. -E -E. Uh, I'm out. I'm out. Next one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Who we got next? All right. Yankees jersey. Does your does it have a name on the back of the Yankees jersey? Good. Uh, you're, you're very good. 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 <laughs> no one get in trouble. Wouldn't dare. No right. name. No name. Who's sorry? Who's next? Okay. Is Juan Soto a safe but uninspiring option within Hollywood circles to be the next James Bond? Oh. Wait. Safe but uninspiring. Let's, let's option? repeat that back. Is okay. Juan Soto a safe but uninspiring option? 
to be the next James Bond. Hell yes, but uninspiring. <laughs> Very inspiring. Are you kidding me? Well, okay, so this is an interesting one. Juan Soto as a, let's talk about Juan Soto, the personality. Yeah. No, he's maybe the best hitter on, on the planet. That's great. We, we love you, Juan Soto. As far as his <laughs> acting chops, you know, first of all, baseball team, whoever's employing him, Padres, whoever he's on next, whatever, not happy about this assignment. Sorry, I'm, I'm right? going to interrupt you because what I'm thinking of is he, like, comes into the, the Bond villain lair, yeah. and they face off, and he just goes like this. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and, of, the guy, and the villain's like, like okay. Is that yeah. all you got? That's it? And like, okay. So you got a second gear, Juan? Anything here? Yeah. Okay, so, so he is a not a safe choice, and here right. is why. His filming schedule would be limited to the winter, to the off-season. So, okay, so it would need to be a Bond movie set in a warm climate during the off-season. Correct. Yeah. Limiting. Yeah, I don't know. Let's how does do, Scott, how does Scott Boris feel about this? That's probably the most important question. Let's do here. Idris Elba first, and then we'll get to Juan. <laughs> All right. Well, we, who we got next? There we go. We got another Yankees hat. Yankees hat. Maryland sweatshirt. Go Terps. Go Terps. Go Terps. There we go. go That's Terps. That's better. Shouts out to Matt Shaw. Matt Shaw. Another Shout home. out Matt Shaw. Shout out Matt Shaw. I have a friend named Matt Shaw also who went to Maryland, also from Massachusetts. But it's a d different Matt Shaw. Different Matt Shaw. Oh. All right. It's very confusing. We like Matt Shaw. All right. What do we got? One. Is Hobie Mil a Milner overrated? Is Hobie Milner overrated? Is Hobie oh, Milner overrated? I was just thinking about this earlier. All right. Is Hobie is, Milner overrated? I have a better question. Is Hobie Milner rated? <laughs> is he rated at all? Does anyone here have thoughts on a uh, Hobie Milner? Oh, I'm so anyone glad. I'm just thoughts? so this is just, no, I'm just so happy. I'm just so thankful for you, Brady, <laughs> who put Hobie <laughs> Milner's name in this game. All right. So Hobie Milner, we got to explain who he is, I guess. Hobie Milner, talk about a poo slinger. I mean, this guy's coming from, from here. Left-hander, throws like 84. Uh, been on a bunch of teams. No idea what team he's on now. I want to tell a quick Hope. Hobie Milner is currently a Milwaukee Brewer. Oh, okay. that, 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 that's appropriate. Quick that, Hobie I, Milner I'm not surprised story. Like him. I have a quick Hobie Milner story. So there is a well-known <laughs> Twitter account called Boring James Milner. Mm. If anyone is a soccer fan, they know about We have about one it. person nodding. That's a huge that's win. That's awesome. The yes. whole it has many more followers than we do, for the record. <laughs> it's like millions of people. The whole bit uh. is that it tweets... Uh, Things that James Milner, an English soccer player, would yes. say, but is boring. One day, <laughs> I went to work in 2017, sat next to Jordan, and created a Twitter account called Boring Hobie Milner yes. that I never used. Yes. But it does exist. It, you I can do find it. That. You can pull up your phone. I don't know if we ever tweeted from it, but we, were like, Hobie we were like, we got to get this hand. This is going to go. This is going to take this off. This is going to blow up. All, all right. right. Let's, let's, do, uh, let's do a few more. Uh, all right. Let's get... All right. There we go. Who is this? This Who's person this looks a lot like me. <laughs> wow. Who could this be? Oh, another Adley Rushman. Is, like is Adley Rushman a problem in the clubhouse? Oh, is Adley oh. Rushman a problem oh. in the clubhouse? I'm trying to imagine. So I would say the biggest problem with Adley Rushman in the clubhouse as I turn towards some of the media members here, is that he's not there all the time <laughs> during clubhouse availability because he's busy in the catcher's meeting. That's the thing. So he's that very, is him a being a problem. In the I clubhouse. thought you were just going to say, you know, he cares too much, donates too much to charity, yeah. Yeah. too good at baseball. I mean, he's a, he's, he's a problem in another sense. That dude's a problem. He's a pro <laughs> I would say this. He's a solution in the clubhouse. Yeah, that's for sure. Okay? That's for sure. No one ever talks about clubhouse solutions. That's what we need in this country, clubhouse <laughs> solutions. All right. All right let's go we, next. What do we got next? We got some hands raised. Clubhouse problem. Wow. I am loving this, just bouncing between Adley and random relievers. Oh, this is fantastic. What do we got next? Is Gunnar Henderson a bigger fan of COVID-era folklore Taylor Swift? Reputation era pop banger Taylor Swift or old school country Taylor Swift? All right, so uh -huh. let me just say this. First of all, that's a layup. Gunnar Henderson is from like rural Alabama, so it is undeniably early era country Taylor Swift. Yes. That's not even a country. When the accent was still, the accent always a little weird from Reading, Pennsylvania, yes. but she was great. We did love we, Taylor. Did we go to the Olive Garden together in Reading, Pennsylvania? The Taylor Swift Olive Garden? We did, yes. I'm great sure memories. she spent a lot of time there. The real question here is Gunnar Henderson right now is young and has his accent. Will he lose it and be wearing tight sequence jumpsuits Ooh. in 10 years performing in and front of sold-out stadiums? I was going to say, performing in front of sold-out stadiums. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, again, era-wise, era of Taylor, I think definitely earlier. He is the teardrop of my guitar. That's a great one. Go ahead, that's a great Pete. one. Who's next? All right, dig in there. 
is Garrett Cole the kind of player who would have dominated if he traveled back in time? <laughs> no, get rid of that. Reusing these, not reusing these. <laughs> let's get it. Let's Start get it. Start throwing away. them away, Brady. This one's better. Is Garrett Cole able to dunk? <laughs> oh, okay. Great question. We ask players this all the time. Yes. All the time. Can you dunk? When could you first dunk? Why yes. can't you dunk? So I think generally, I think what we found is it's more players than you even might think. Apparently, being six three <laughs> helps. Yes, height, sure, but like again, they're all better athletes than you assume. Yeah. Even if they aren't, they don't all have to just be, you know, Tatis Jr. or Jazz Chisholm to be a great athlete, right? So Garrett can Garrett Cole dunk? I would lean yes, but okay, that's another one where you have to think about players who now are mo most incentivized to not try to dunk. <laughs> um, dunking, you know, it's possible in his enormous contract right. that it says you ain't picking up a basketball, my or guy. Or maybe he made sure to put that in there. And he, he said, no, I got slamming uh, it down. You got to let me ball. <laughs> Joey Votto, for example, all offseason is posting videos of him, you know, balling out. So he probably so, made sure, like, no, I am going to play hoops. Would Garrett Cole dunk for you? No. <laughs> If you put up a hoop right here and put Garrett Cole right here in front of us, could he dunk on the first try? I don't think so because I don't think he has dunked in a long time. However, I think if you gave him about an hour, he could then I think Garrett dunk. Cole has dunked in his life. Yes. Yes. All right, what's next? Great question, though. Great thank one. you. I was really creative. Yeah, That's thank you, man. amazing. This game is honestly more fun than I thought. Thanks. It's thanks. Good. Thanks, it's a good dude. Time. No, it, it's, it's good. It I was like, this is going to be fun, and I'm having more fun. Go ahead. Is Anthony Volpe bad? Whoa. He's like, I mean, he's like, he's like, he's bad in the way that like Gabriel Union is bad. Or like, you know, uh, Jennifer Aniston is bad. Um, I, I mean, I will say this. Uh, sorry, Yankees fans. Right now, he's hitting like 120. So I right now. I think it's time to pull the plug. Send him back to, forget, you know, Scranton. Like, let's send him back to the complex. Really is, figure some stuff out. Is so, Anthony Volpe bad? No. Is at Anthony this moment, <laughs> he has been objectively off, on offense. He has been bad. Is he bad? No. <laughs> Obviously not. Yeah. He's not, awesome. All right. Well, uh, let's, let's get another one. Oh, all right. Here we go. Is uh, Grayson Rodriguez someone whose Starbucks order consists of more than six words, but he'll never admit it? Oh, that's a great question. Huh. Jordan, Jordan, so just so everyone knows, that's a perfect one because there are ways in which Jordan and I are very different, and that is one of them. Jordan walks into a Starbucks, and he, like, pulls out, like, a scroll, and he's like, <laughs> caramel macchiato, eight pumps of raw sugar and some drink. milk, and I just say big cold brew now in my veins. Not uh, not embarrassed to admit it. I know. I'm not trying to put you down. But I'm just saying that the prompts yeah. suggest embarrassment. No embarrassment. Grayson Ooh. Rodriguez, I don't know. I mean, I'm not even sure what his coffee preferences are in general, if he is a coffee coffee gent, I have I, to imagine. I would say no. Uh, based upon how what we know about Grayson Rodriguez, he's yeah. kind of a no-fuss guy. <laughs> I can't imagine he's particular about oat or almond or skim <laughs> or cow. <laughs> You know? So Grayson, if you listen to our conversation with him, so he's from deep, you know, deep Texas, Nacogdoches, spent a lot of time in the woods. I'm not picturing him hitting up Starbucks before he's going out yeah. <laughs> into the woods, so that makes me feel like he's, probably not. He's more of a Chemex pour over guy. Yeah, surely, yeah. surely. All right, want to do involved. a couple more and then we can yeah. uh, wrap it up here? Yeah, three, three more. Three more. Three more and then we'll, we'll say you? goodbye and yeah. you guys can get to warmer places. Um, this has been, uh, I, I mean, thank you guys for coming out. This has been incredible. Very excited for our, our, our conclusion here. And then, oh, I know Jake has a, got a little story got a little story, story to, to finish off. All right, what we got? All right. Is Cal Ripken going to need a swing change in order to really figure things out? Oh, okay. Is Cal Ripken going to need a swing change yeah. to really figure things out? Okay. Can I tell a quick Cal Ripken story before I answer that question? Please. So my little sister who is here uh, in the audience, I'm going to out her. Woo! Abby! We were, at dinner, Abby. we were at dinner yesterday, and I asked her, I said, Abby, how many games are there in a Major League Baseball season? And she did her best to guess. She was off by under a pretty significant <laughs> amount. We told her it was 162, and then she thought for a second and said, so Cal Ripken played all those games in a row? And I said, yeah, that's the whole thing. That's the bit. That's the shtick. But, but. I mean, you know, the offense sometimes wavered. Yeah. Could he have used a swing change? 
another reason why this is a great question is that he changed his stance like every day based yes. upon how Both, he was yeah. feeling. Like there are some days he'd wake up and stand like this, and some days he'd stand like this. And so Cal Ripken was a swing change before we knew what a swing change really was. At the was. same time, like it, it makes so much sense because if you're going to play every damn day for 50 years in yeah. a row, yeah, mix it up. Do something different. See the ball a little different. You know, tilt your head back. Do something where you feel like it's new as yeah. opposed to the 50 million other games you played before then. How, where do you fall, Jordan, on the if Cal had taken a day off every once in a while, he could have been even better take? Because I don't think I believe that, but I'm curious where you... I mean, yeah, who am I? This is a great, like, who are we to say of any of these things? It's a great hypothetical, but, like, undeniably, it wouldn't matter. Like, he would... He would have had to be so much better for him to end up more famous than he was for playing every day. I see. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's no way that he would have been better to the point where it was like, oh, he's one of the 10 greatest players right. of all time that we, we would have thought that. Right. The Cal Ripken legacy we have is the right <laughs> legacy. All right. Let's do two more. Let's do two more of these. And then we will tell a story and say goodbye. Yes. And then we'll go watch Cole Irvin dominate. All right, what do we got? Oh, this says, is, Jail is Jalen Beeks. Oh, more Jalen no, Beeks. I swear there was only one Jalen Beeks in this box. No, I don't know, Brady. Yeah. You were trying to really, really force some Jalen Beeks content onto this podcast, which is fine. I don't think we've said his name yet before today on this Here's podcast. A Here's a good one. All right, here we go. Jim Palmer. Is, is he going to be a great color commentator when all is said and done? <laughs> is that real? That is real. You is, really just picked that up. Is Jim Palmer going to be a good commentator all right. when all is said and done? I don't know. I don't know. The t only time will tell, I guess, right? We need to wait it out a little bit he's, longer. He's, I think he's starting to figure it out. And the reason I, I'm now going to say this is that Kevin is gone. <laughs> the reason that Kevin and Jim are great together is because Kevin is high energy and Jim is not high energy, but he is enthusiastic, right? And so if they were both high energy, it would be this. And if they were both low energy, it would be some Orioles broadcasts of yore that I will not call out by name. Uh, last one. Last one. Let's finish finish strong here. Yes. There we go. The baby giraffe stands Our good up. Good friend, Jack. Jack hey, Jack. Here. Hello, Jack. He's wearing a Braves hat, but he is anti-chop. I just want to let everyone know. <laughs> All right. Okay. He's anti-chop. Here we go. Jack, we'll finish strong here. Is Ryan Mountcastle a fan of the new rules? Oh. Is Ryan Mountcastle a fan of the new rules? I will tell you what new rule he is not a fan of. That that wall got to be all the way back there. <laughs> he is not a fan of that new rule. Yeah. Other than that, I'm trying to think of how the new rules would impact him. I don't know. I don't. I think he's probably he's probably, probably fine. He's probably, probably agnostic. <laughs> new rules agnostic. I if I was the Orioles coaching staff, I would go up to Ryan Mountcastle and I would say. Actually, Ryan, there are four new rules, okay? There is the bases, the clock, the shift, and you cannot swing at 0-2 pitches anymore. It is a rule, okay? Sorry. I mean, the it's commissioner, a rule. he you, just sent a memo. He's threatening significant you can't fines. do it, yeah. Ryan, because Ryan Mountcastle, as many of you know, <laughs> very good at hitting, not very good at choosing when to do the hitting. <laughs> I like, uh, oh, he chases, you know, slide of the dirt. Umpire's like, that's a violation. <laughs> You're you <out>. failed. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's We're going to have to clean that up. Uh, uh, all right. Jake Mintz, you are holding a baseball. Well, first of all, thank, we're going to finish with one story, then we're going to be done. Thank you all. Thank Clap you all. Up. Thank you guys for coming out. This is super fun. Uh, I just And thank you to everyone involved in setting this up. We are going to finish with one Orioles-adjacent story, and yes. then we are going to say goodbye. Um, but, yes, again, this has been fantastic, so thank you all. So I will say, for me, as someone who grew up in D.C., and came here all the time. My mom is from Baltimore, and her family, they've been Orioles fans their whole lives. It is very humbling to be up here next to this stadium. It is very cool. And I just want to share a quick story about this baseball that I have in my hand, and maybe ask for a little bit of help to see if anybody <laughs> could give me some assistance. So my beloved grandmother, Ruth, passed away uh, about a week ago. She was old, she, it was very peaceful, but she was a lifelong Orioles fan. Her whole family was there when she went. Uh, and in her room, we found this baseball. And on this baseball, it says 929-1988. Schilling pitched it, Randolph hit it, and Ruth caught it. So she caught this foul ball on September 29th, 1988. Schilling threw it, Randolph hit it, and Ruth caught it. Unfortunately, that is not true because I went back on baseball reference and I determined that this ball is a lie. There is something about this story that does not match up. So if anybody out there has the footage 
from the Yankees-Orioles game on September 29th, 1988. I would be very appreciative if I could take a look at it. Um, but I just love this ball, and she is the reason that I became an Orioles fan. And the idea that baseball myth-making leads us down this type of road where, for my whole life, I just believed that this was true. <laughs> And, and then I Googled like, it once. Oh, no. And it wasn't, but it's it is something. true to me. Yes, right? that, that is what matters the most. Exactly. Thank you all for coming out. Thank you to our producer, Chris. Thank you to Brady, to Marissa, to everyone else involved in this podcast. Justin over here on the sound so you can hear us. Thank you to the folks at Section 771. Yes, 771. A number that is the, how far Giancarlo Stanton is going to hit a home run off Cole Irvin tonight. Unfortunately, <laughs> you can book that. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. Baseball Barbacast, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and apparently Saturdays. We will Baltimore. be we will be around if you want to say hi. Yes, we're going to be in hi. the stadium a little bit later. We'll tweet out where we're meeting up if you want to come up and ask us any questions. But until then, thank you so much. Oh, yeah. At, at Cespedes BBQ, I believe, is where our tw yeah. tweets are. Enough. Don't Cut it. Play Please unfollow us. Thank you so much. And we will uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Sirius XM Podcasts.